Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here just moments after the 2020 NBA draft. Alongside me is not Frank Madden, and I did threaten to him that if he continues to behave this way, I might have to call him Frank Bogdanovich, but we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second here. But I do have the Bucks Radio Network host, Justin Garcia alongside me for this post-draft show. And I must admit, Justin, I-, I wish that we were here today simply to talk about the Bucks taking Jordan Awara. It's Wara. I- that's the pronunciation I have on this out of Louisville. And then also uh, Sam Merrill, who technically, officially, forget what you see on Twitter, is not officially a Milwaukee Bucks player yet. This is pendant on the Drew Holiday trade. And as we are about to discuss, not a smart idea to prematurely uh, name players as Milwaukee Bucks. So, Justin, can I just ask straight away, uh, how would you say you are feeling right now after the day that's just gone down? Uh, what a day. I mean, had uh, the news that broke around, what, 4 o'clock, had that not come, we would be feeling pretty good to look at the haul that we think the Bucks got on Monday and then to add two shooters and especially Sam Merrill – Bucks fans would be feeling great that we were thinking about how you're going to round out this roster and do it cheaply. Well, it looks like you just added two more shooters, so all things appear to be on the up and up. But uh, look, I still don't know what to make of it. You and I were talking earlier today. I'm not sure what to expect one way or another, and I think there are three very realistic scenarios in play here. Uh, one of them is favorable for the Bucks; the other two are not, and that. You know, the first, which I think is the least likely, being that the league stepped in at some point and said, look, there's going to be a punishment handed down and we're just not letting this deal go through because you blatantly tampered here. So we need to send a message. The other scenario in play that I think Bucks fans are hoping for is the Bucks and Kings have worked with them on this as well, have gone into CYA mode where it's just... Nope, despite everything that, you know, Bogey put out there on social media and following Drew Holiday that day, and uh, seemingly, I think it was Harry Giles basically uh, commenting, you know, his goodbyes and Bogey telling him, thanks, brother. But despite all that, that would seem to state the contrary, there was never any deal here. And uh, I was just as shocked by this news as everyone else. So they've gone into a CYA mode to make this look legit. I think we're all hoping that's the case, and there is some evidence that would suggest that. The last one being, you know, I guess what if another team, as we've heard, all the rival executives are not too pleased with this. What if another good team said, hey, uh, we're willing to pay you more than Milwaukee can, and, you know, maybe he got cold feet and backed out of the deal. So who really knows? I think it's one of those three, but which one is it? It's, It's anybody's guess at this point. 
So to fully break this down right from the start, and for those uh, listeners that are catching up on the podcast here and perhaps haven't broken the news, uh, we, we should say that the sign-and-trade deal that was reported to potentially go down in a few days' time when free agency opens between Bogdan Bogdanovich and including DJ Wilson, Dante DiVincenzo, and Ersan Uyasova now is on thin ice uh, because the reports suggest that Bogdan Bogdanovich was not told about this deal. And of course, in a sign and trade, you need the player to agree to sign uh, to play for the Milwaukee Bucks. So this is where we're at right now. And if uh, you remember back to the podcast two days ago when we did the emergency podcast for Drew Holiday, uh, I said at the end of that podcast, and we discussed Bogdan Bogdanovich extensively, I said... Uh, you can rest easy tonight, Bucks fans. Even though the reports suggest that the Bucks are going to go in for Bogdan Bogdanovich in a sign and trade, you're going to have a couple of nights here to sleep well, dream about Drew Holiday, and think about the possibilities of Bogdanovich coming through. And the reason I said that was because it didn't make sense to me to report a sign and trade this early because this is not a trade. This is a free agent, and we know the way that the NBA treats tampering. So. I didn't think that there was any chance that this was going to be leaked days in advance because then you do put yourself in the situation where the reality is you're doing something that is not legal and the NBA has said extensively that they are going to crack down on tampering and the Bucks owners have already copped a $50,000 fine for... And, and let's be clear, it was absolute bullshit for saying that uh, or even insinuating that they were going to offer the Supermax to their own player, by the right. way, who, the best player in the world, arguably, the two-time MVP that everyone knows it's going down. It was a ridiculous fine in the first place. But the Bucks, obviously, from a tampering perspective, are not in a good position with the league to be getting involved in these types of issues. So I... I just was stunned that this got out. And Woj was the one that reported this. You will note that he was the first on this. There wasn't a lot from elsewhere, including The Athletic. And Sam uh, Amick today was the first reporter who suggested this deal was in peril as he uh, worded it. So, look, uh, just a crazy day. And my head is still spinning, to be honest. The one thing that I would caution at this point with how messy this has got... I have seen a lot of Bucks fans and uh, on Twitter or wherever it may be saying, "I'm not worried. This is just gonna. They're gonna figure it out. Uh, it's just the tampering thing and swiping this away." I would really caution against this. Now that this has happened, this has the potential, if it's not already, to get seriously, seriously messy. And not only that, but now that this has happened, if there was a couple of other suitors involved, they're going to get more involved now. And when you talk about sign and trades that could potentially go down. As I said, Bogey is the one that holds the leverage, but but if another contender comes with potentially a little bit more money, you could attract Bogdanovich to a different situation here. Now, to me, this smells, uh, and uh, I don't know this, but if I had to guess what's going on here, this to me smells like Bogdanovich's agent uh, being a little bit mischievous here because I can't believe that Bogdanovich has not spoken to Giannis. I do not believe that for a second. I do not believe that Bogdanovich would not want to play here. Now, arguably, he could get a bigger role elsewhere, sure. But those two we know have a connection. It's been widely reported that they've spoken to each other. Brian Windhorst was on ESPN just moments ago and said that Bogdanovich wants to play for Milwaukee and he has spoken to Giannis. So to me, this deal has been leaked. The leak, who knows where it's come from? But it's gotten out. Other teams might be pissed off about this. 
But I also think potentially there might be a little bit of, of agent dealings going on here where perhaps he might be saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't take this deal. You can get more elsewhere. And other teams have been able to do the math and said, well, the Bucks don't have much room to move here. And then they've started to get involved. So that all I would say is anything can happen right now. And regardless of how you feel about the tampering situation, there is no certainty that Bogdanovich is going to end up a Milwaukee Buck. Yeah, I mean, I, we've all kind of speculated what it's going to come in at. And that deal is, is, is what we think to be around 14 to 15 million a year. And look, I mean, we know about the Atlanta Hawks interest that was out there in him. Any contender has a lot of interest in Bogdanovich. He can get 18 to 20 million annually. So as you pointed to, he can get a big pay raise from some other team. It's as Brian Windhorst said, and and we talked about before, we know about the relationship with Giannis and it's a mutual interest where he wants to play here. I do the more information that you've started to gather kind of feel like this is kind of a CYA type of scenario here. But as we both said, I mean, at, at this point, it may not matter that these two sides can go through this and pretend that there was no deal. Because the other thing is, if we're to believe that Bogdanovich had no contact with either of these two sides and was just as surprised by this news as everybody else, why did it take two days for this to start to come out? And that, you know, we already mentioned he started following Drew Holiday on social media. He was getting messages from uh, Harry Giles and other teammates saying, man, good luck, we're going to miss you. And he acknowledged those. And now all of a sudden, whoa, I had no contact with the team. So it does kind of seem like this is uh, the ideal scenario for the Bucks. them just saying, uh, you know what, uh, let's just play this up as though Bogdanovich was shocked and we can try to say, you know what, we used Giannis and Giannis started to contact him over the weekend once it became legal and now he's agreed to rejoin the team. But again, I mean, the damage may be done. Where we don't know. The league spent all this time last year saying that there were going to be stiff punishments handed out for tampering. You referenced what the ownership group already said for saying they were going to re-sign their own guy. And, I mean, we saw the same thing with the Lakers the year before that as well. So this has been an edict from the league to try and clean up. And despite the best efforts here and saying, okay, mistake was made, let's try and backtrack this and then we'll make it official through the weekend, it may be too late. And the league may, may say we're going to hand down a severe punishment. I mean, I know a lot of people have already started to mention the Joe Smith thing that happened, what, two decades ago, where you saw Minnesota lose first-round draft pick for five years, and uh, they, did, they weren't able to retain the bird rights to Joe Smith. They lost him for a year. We could be facing the same scenario here where – all of a sudden the Bucks may be stripped of a draft pick or two or more than that and face a heavy fine. And the league may say, we're not going to allow this deal to go through. So I do think it's closer to the two sides trying to clean this up. But again, at this point, it's kind of out of their hands where ultimately the league can decide what happens. All right, Justin, let me jump in here quickly and talk about our friends over at Built and more specifically, Built Go, which you need to know, it is the best workout gel on the market. I can, I can tell you that with full confidence. Uh, the, I've been fortunate enough they have sent some out across the Pacific to me here uh, in Australia, and I've tried it out before I run. Uh, it makes you feel good. It's real 
energy, five-hour energy without the same crash feeling you get from other products. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with just a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors, which include peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Uh, so as always with Built, it's good for you. It's healthy for you. That's the main thing. You're not doing anything bad by your body when you take this. And it just helps you get through the day, whatever it is, whether it's work, whether it is exercise, whether it's the NBA draft, whether it's a sign and trade completely falling apart, whatever you need, uh, Built Go will help you get through it. And we've got a great deal for you. Visit builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. You can absolutely look at the other teams in the league and say, well, this is pathetic because the reality is you can talk about tampering, but we all know it's happening. And we've sat here as uh, people that cover the Milwaukee Bucks and the listeners listen to this show every day and, and they, they follow the team. And they all know that there's been endless tampering in regards to Giannis and what he's going to do in free agency. Everyone knows that. Well, so, so and, and the other, and not to cut you off, but the other thing too is if you're the Bucks, I mean, granted, you've committed tampering as well, but let's say it's another team that said, whoa, wait a minute, we'll pay you more than they offered. I mean, if you're the Bucks, can't you turn around and make the same claim and say, wait a minute, yeah, we tampered, but they just did the same thing to steal him from us. Well, this is where it's going to get interesting, though, because I don't think it's going to be, and you sort of just pointed to this, I don't think it's going to be as simple as sitting back and saying, okay, let's pretend this didn't happen. We'll wait until it's legal, and then we'll get the deal done. Because that's not going to happen. You're going to need other teams to get involved here and send offers to Bogdanovich. And the reality is, if another team offers him more money and then he still signs for the Bucks for less. I mean, it's just going to become very, very difficult now for the Bucks to get this deal done and the league turn a blind eye to it. I, I, and- I think it, and it depends on who the other teams are too. I mean, the teams that have excessive cap room, you can still make the case of, look, I mean, he's in the same neighborhood in terms of money and he's playing for a contender. So it's easy to say that's why he chose Milwaukee, but I mean, if other teams in the East that are towards the top, if a team like Miami or Philadelphia, and we've heard nothing to suggest it, but if teams like that get involved, then all of a sudden it looks even more questionable with, look, relationship with Giannis or not, I mean, you have an equal chance to win a championship here and you're getting offered more money and yet you're still taking this deal for less. Yeah, it, that's where it's going to get tricky. Uh, and as far as what the Bucks can offer Bogdanovich, so a lot of the projections that we've been discussing, because we know as soon as you uh, acquire a player via sign and trade, you are hard capped. We've discussed that on this show, the hard cap being at $138.9 million. So the Bucks had around 15 mil to work with if they signed veteran players and then left with about 5.5 to $6 million with the MLE. So there is a tiny bit of wiggle room where the Bucks could offer Bogdanovich two to three million more dollars. Now that would involve basically saying the MLE's out, which by the way, it was only going to be you know, just over 50% of what the full MLE would have been anyway. So the chances of you signing a true impact player are quite limited. So the Bucks could technically offer him a little bit more and still fill out the roster 
uh, that way. So you could probably get up to 19, close to $20 million there uh, if you absolutely desperately needed to do so. So there is still an option there. But uh, again, I just think that this has got so complicated and, and it's, it's difficult for a number of reasons because now it's been public and it's been reported that players are heading out as well. So everyone's confused. No one knows what's going on in, in this situation. And so I'm not really sure what the next step is. Now, I understand that the fans want to be angry at someone, but the problem is right now, it's probably a collection of people that have done unfortunate business here, bad business. Now, it can just be one leak, and it could have been an agent. It could have been the Kings. It could have been the Bucks. The, the reality is we don't know right now, but one, it came out via one source. It came out via ESPN that's clearly triggered everyone because if I'm sitting here in my uh, little makeshift home studio here in Australia and when that trade comes through or that tweet comes through from Woj, I'm sitting there and thinking, hang on a second, this is not right. This is not, this is not the way that this is supposed to operate. You think that the other NBA franchises weren't thinking the same thing? You hoped that this would slide through, but this was just really bad timing. Yeah, and I, I mean, as you pointed to, too, is we, we saw the tweet from uh, Kevin O'Connor that went out first saying, the Bucks are going to pursue him. And then shortly thereafter is when Woj one-upped him and said, hey, here it is. So you're in a tough spot where, as you said, who leaked this? We don't know. Whoever did, <laughs> obviously not the best idea unless it came from the agent side where he was also like, you know what? We can get more money than this. So let's go ahead and leak this. Um, but look, there's a lot of upset Bucks fans with Woj and Woj is in a tough spot there where Woj knows this is definitely tampering and we're putting it out there. But if you have news like that, you can't sit on it. So um, it's just interesting to see how much this has continued to evolve where I think when the the report first came out, and and Sam Amick, he, I believe he's uh, stationed out of Sacramento, isn't he? Uh, yes, yes. So he was so, originally plugged in with the Kings. So again, yeah. If someone's gonna if someone's gonna know what's going on, it feels like he would be a pretty good source, right? And when that first came out, uh, I think we all kind of assumed, okay, the league has basically told both sides, you guys committed tampering here, just squash this and. Make sure uh, it's noted. Just do something to backtrack from it, and then you know you can finalize this over the weekend once it becomes allowable. But as as we started to move into the draft, and you saw more and more tweets and reports of this thing is on thin ice, I think everybody started to realize, wow, this is getting serious. And I, it's interesting as well that it it does feel like it started to shift even more a little bit back into the Bucks' direction where you reference what um, what uh, Brian Windhorst had said on, on ESPN right after the draft. And, I mean, everything that you're hearing from him, it, it seems as though, look, this is what Bogdan wants. This is what the Bucks obviously want and the Kings want, that all the parties want this to happen. But as we said, at this point, with how far you've moved down the road here, it's out of your control, where it's, it's basically up to Adam Silver to decide – because there is going to be a punishment here. What's the punishment that's handed down and how severe is it? And does he go nuclear here and do something similar to what we saw with Joe Smith and say, look, I'm just not allowing Bogdan to end up in Milwaukee, that we're voiding this. You can't do this specific sign and trade deal. 
And he could even go as far as say, look, you can't use your mid-level and everything that we just walked through of what the Bucks could potentially do if this isn't a sign and trade. I'm not allowing you to use that on Bogdanovich either. So you got to move on to plan B. And what makes this even more interesting is, you know, I wonder how much were those two moves married to one another? You know, in that we talked about the Drew Holiday move and did they overpay? Yes, but you did it to keep Giannis. Well, how much of that was a package deal where it was, we're giving up a ton for Drew Holiday, but because we did that and we get Bogdan as well, we have this understanding that Giannis is here to stay long term and, you know, not to suggest that it, it means anything for that move, but you don't feel as good about overpaying for Drew Holiday and all the picks that you gave up and the unprotected picks you don't feel as good as you did on Monday if it means the other guy in the equation isn't here. And I'm not sure what it means for the roster. If you're just upgrading from Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday, that doesn't put you in the same tier as it did when we thought the starting five included Bogdan Bogdanovich. I kind of feel that way, but if I go back to the podcast that we did where there was just some random speculation about Bogdanovich, but we just got Drew Holiday, uh, Frank and myself were unanimous in saying that this is a big upgrade and this is a a significant move, both for Giannis and the team moving forward to 2021. And I still 100% believe that. Is it a big haul to give away? Yes. Once the second trade a report came through. Did I marry those together and say, okay, this whole overall together, I feel pretty good about this, Drew Holiday and Bogdanovich. I certainly did, but I can't go back. I mean, I said it. I was on the podcast saying it. I can't go back now and act like if they don't get Bogdanovich, I still don't think the Bucks are better because I, I think that they are. But it, it certainly makes it difficult to upgrade the roster any further because you don't have any of those draft assets there, as you mentioned. And really, if you're talking about what you can get in return for Dante, DJ, and Ersan, you're not going to get better than Bogdanovich. You're just not. You might be able to make some moves around the fringes. Of course, you could probably use whole MLE. You're not going to be hard. You would be hard capped if you did that. But there's there's different options that you'll be able to do something. But it would be very very difficult for me to see you getting a better player back than Bogdanovich. I just can't see it. What he would bring to this team. So I sit here. I'll have my fingers crossed. I'll be very hopeful. I'll be uh, keeping my ears open to see if anything comes up. But I will say that I'm not, I don't take any optimism from these reports now talking about the tampering. To me, that doesn't mean anything. I, I, you just got to sit back now and, and wait and see what happens over the next few days when free agency opens on the 20th, see what type of offers he gets, see what the league is going to do here. I don't really care about the reports anymore because it's inconsequential. Now that the cat's out of the bag, this has just got very, very messy and we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if you have optimism, and I'm in the same boat as you, but I think the optimism is that maybe you feel it's less likely that this was from uh, the Bogdanovich side, maybe getting cold feet or saying, hey, we have other offers out there, that it seems as though it's let's try to backtrack this and make it official over the weekend. But it's, it's, as we said, it's, it's too late for that, where now it's basically up to the league to determine What's the punishment that's going to be handed down? And I mean, this specific deal or just Bogdan to Milwaukee in general, is that going to be allowed? So um, you can have some more optimism, but it's irrelevant at this point. 
Well, I don't even know where else to go with the Bogdanovich one for now. Uh, it's going to be wait and see. And the one thing that we do know is that there might be some some random reports that come out. But I feel like I can go back to my position from two days ago now and say, let's see what happens over the next few days. Like I said, free agency on the 20th of November. It is November. We're in November here. So 20th of November, free agency will open. Contracts can be signed from the 22nd onwards yes including Giannis so I mean we just we just have to wait and see now see what happens here it certainly got pretty messy uh, before we obviously well and uh, the last thing I would say about it is it was if you're going to be in the camp of all right this is clearly you know trying to uh, cover this up a little bit. It was very interesting to see the tweets from Woj that came out after Sam Amick reported the story where he started, he included the actual day and time that Bogdan Bogdanovich can begin to negotiate with teams of Friday and in what, 6 p.m. Eastern time, that it seemed as though it was, hey, we need you to get this message out there as well, that we're doing things on the up and up and come this time, once it officially begins, he's going to solicit other offers. So, the deal that we still think is going down is the Drew Holiday deal for the draft pick. So, there was an NBA draft tonight. The Bucks, we know, originally had the Indiana Pacers pick 24. Uh, of course, we had the, the typical weird scenario where uh, the pick is read out. It's Milwaukee Bucks pick 24. RJ Hampton, who, by the way, a player I got to see live a couple of times over here in Australia, uh, his dad, I think, threw the Milwaukee Bucks hat away and then they thought, oh, well, we better put it on for TV purposes here because not only is that pick expected to go to New Orleans, New Orleans are then going to trade that pick to Denver. So this trade that isn't legal yet and hasn't actually gone down has moved picks to two different franchises and will eventually end up in Denver, we believe, if this trade uh, goes down, which after today, I'm not willing to guarantee absolutely anything. But RJ Hampton was picked. It didn't matter. The Bucs didn't have that selection. Then we moved to the second round. And remember, regardless of what happens with Bogdanovich, regardless of what happens with anyone, the Bucs were probably always going to need to take at least a couple of second rounders because they're still going to be uh, up against the cap here a little bit. Or they're not going to have a lot of money to spend at the back end of the roster. Let's, let's just say that. So they traded for pick 45 and pick 60 is the one that's proposed in the uh, trade with Drew Holiday. So there was some reports that pick 42 was going to come to the Bucks as well. I mentioned on yesterday's show that I think the plan was actually to buy that pick off New Orleans. That pick ended up going to Charlotte, but the Bucks got 45 and 60. Uh, let's start with the pick they took at pick 45. Jordan uh, Wara, they take. Uh, he is a really good size, six foot seven. Uh, six foot ten wingspan, averaged 18 points per game with Louisville on 40% shooting from three last year. He's already 22 years old. He spent three years uh, playing with Louisville. So I'm not going to pretend like I'm some sort of draft guru in the second round here. But the size, the numbers, the fact that he can shoot the ball, he actually has a pretty good free throw rate as well. He can get to the free throw line. I got to be honest, I looked at this guy and said, this looks like kind of DJ Wilson, except he's, he's kind of productive offensively. He can do a little bit more and he can shoot the ball better. It's funny. Uh, DJ Wilson was the exact same comp that I thought of when you, especially when you, you saw the physical profile yeah. and uh, the highlights that they played on it as well. And you Shorter, know, what we're seeing, but... yeah. And, and what we're seeing too is um, similar to DJ Wilson, where 
coming out of the draft, it was he can't rebound and he can't defend. Uh, with uh, Wara here, it's the knock is look, defense is probably going to mm-hmm. be an issue, and you know I think his 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 ultimate role is probably just going to be a rotational guy that that sticks around for a while. But as we talked about. That that's exactly what the Bucks need at this point, and they're also in a spot where you know, assuming that a holiday deal goes through, especially where you continue to add more switching pieces to your defense and keep it maintained at that level, the Bucks defense is good enough that they can get by with defensive, even if it's a liability, liabilities out there that you can hide. So um, you see the the rebounding rate defensively, and you see what he did in terms of shooting the basketball. It's exactly what they need. And, you know, I, I know that the last pick is specially, but that was the biggest need coming into this draft is we need to find shooters for this team. And through these two picks, you got exactly what you were hoping for. Yeah, high volume for War as well. Over six three-point attempts per game in that last season there. So when you look at the 40%, it's pretty legit. I mean, obviously, uh, you have to translate that out to NBA uh, three-point range there. But certainly a pick, again... Uh, you pointed to it at the start of the podcast. I, I think if everything else wasn't going on and we didn't have the distraction of Bogdanovich, I feel like you're pretty pumped about this pick. He looks like a guy, again, a little bit more mature, three years in college. He, he looks like a guy that could potentially uh, play some minutes if you needed. Uh, of course, playing the four in Milwaukee is a difficult uh, position to to play because we know that that's where Giannis plays. But with pick 60, the last pick in the draft, I know uh, some people were tweeting at me, take Marcus Howard. I'm sorry, Marcus Howard. He did look like, he does look like he's going to sign a two-way deal with the Denver Nuggets, but uh, he, he wouldn't play in Milwaukee. He could shoot the ball well. Maybe he could come in for some spot minutes here or there, but certainly defensively in his size, a huge concern. But they take Sam Merrill, uh, who uh, played four years at Utah State. So again, a mature player. I really like that with late picks in the second round. He's already 24 years old. Who cares? As far as the Bucks go, this, that's, that's as young as it gets. I mean, they don't have many players that are around that age. A six foot five guard who averaged 19.7 points and 41% shooting from three last season. Uh, everything you read about this guy, uh, one of the better shooters in the draft. He's a real sharp shooter. And uh, I think, again, at the guard position where Milwaukee are going to need a depth, whether he is a player that sees much of the floor, who knows? But again, they've gone for a mature body and a guy that is more ready to play uh, than, you know, your, your standard 18, 19-year-old draftee. The uh, Mountain West Luka Doncic is what a lot of people yeah. <laughs> refer to him as. And, and, I mean, even in terms of looks, he looks a lot like Luka yeah. as well. And, and, you know, just watching the highlight reels from him, and I know – uh, Sam Bassini, who who put together that immersive draft guide for the Athletic, he had a note in there as well, um, basically comparing him to Duncan Robinson and saying he's the closest thing in this draft to Duncan Robinson in uh, the ability that he has to make shots at an elite level and to generate them as well. And he even said, look, it, it, ideally for this guy, if you're a good team that just needs to upgrade your shooting, like the Bucks, he mentioned, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Sixers, any of those teams are salivating over this guy. And for the Bucks to get him, it, you know, this one even more so than um, their first pick. This is the one that, that I think most people looked at and said, okay, we can work with this. Because you look at the shooting numbers to do it for four years. You look at the highlight clips. His size is, is very good as well. And you mentioned 24 years old, but I don't really see that as an issue, especially when, again, 
just looking for rotational guys that, especially now, where we still don't know what that roster is going to look like. You need these guys to step in and produce for you at some rate immediately. A 24-year-old four-year player who was conference player of the year multiple times, I mean, this is an ideal nab for the Bucks. Yeah, you mentioned Fasini's, uh I don't even know what to call it, draft dossier. Does that, does that make sense to call it that? <laughs> but he actually had Merrill uh, at number 36, 36 on, yeah. his, uh, on his top 100 big board there. So you think about the value you get with pick 60 uh, for a guy that Fasini, one of the, uh, the best in the business when it comes to the draft, had him ranked at 36. And the other thing that uh, he also points out uh, is that uh, he, he was pretty good defensively with Utah State yeah. as well. He always took uh, the best guard on the opposition and fared pretty well. So Sam Merrill, again, I think you walk away with these two picks and feel pretty good about them. It does seem, you know, particularly for positional fit, and you talk about some of the potential defensive concerns with uh, Wara there, a couple of years younger. Uh, Merrill does seem like legitimately a guy Uh, that's going to come in and potentially be able to play. And you mentioned Duncan Robertson, same thing for him. He was an undrafted guy, a little bit older, and we've seen the role that he was going to be able to have. So uh, the thing I love, six foot five, as I mentioned. So he's not small. He's got the size at the guard position and strength as well at 205. So, uh, you know, really overall, I I think you have to be pretty happy with these two draft picks as much as we know, and we'll wait and see. It's a shame, obviously, this year there's no summer league. So these guys don't have too long to wait here uh, while I, I pointed it out at the start there was a tweet out there um, from Tony Jones of the Athletic that said that he'd signed a two-year deal I have no doubt that he will sign a two-year deal but like we've spent most of this podcast discussing not legal to sign that deal yet and the last thing the Bucks need is reports going out there that they're signing players to deals uh, when it's not legal. So uh, let's just take a deep breath there. The the Bucks are already contacting Tony oh Jones and oh telling him to goodness. please delete that tweet. And, you know, Jeez. the last thing we'll, we'll say too about uh, Merrill that, again, if you're a Bucks fan, you read it, you think, perfect, sign me up for it, is uh, the lines in the, in the strengths column that uh, Vecini had for him uh, with, the, number one, the performance he had against Lou Dort in college and uh, – the high basketball IQ and the last line in there, Merrill will be a 40 plus percent three point shooter in the NBA, which perfect. That is exactly what this team needs. All right. So I I feel like uh, I said at the start, my head is still spinning. This has just been an absolutely insane day. I had plans tomorrow to do a podcast rolling through uh, some of the veteran additions that the Bucks. Uh, going to have that is still the tentative plan for the show tomorrow but I literally have no idea what I'm going to wake up to tomorrow over here in Australia as far as the news goes I'm kind of terrified to hear the next reports coming out but I do get the sense that we're going to get radio silence for at least the next 24 hours here which perhaps is the best thing but again fully understand why there is a lot of stress out there among Bucks fans. And to be honest, it's justified. We don't know what's going to happen here. I have no idea whether Bogdanovich is going to end up a Milwaukee Buck. I guess it's possible. I just, I just don't know. It's just got incredibly complicated in, in really the absolute worst way. I, uh, I don't have a feeling, a strong feeling one way or another that it seems like, uh, throughout the day it's it's gone back and forth between i don't really take much out of this to it seems like this isn't going to happen to well maybe it does so who knows at this point 
All right, let's leave it there. Uh, I This week has just been nuts. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. I, I do want to thank the listeners as well. I, I tweeted something out, but uh, the numbers and the amount of people tuning into the show has been uh, pretty incredible this week. So we certainly appreciate that. I always say this, if you have any uh, thoughts, opinions, if, you, if you're freaking out, feel free to tweet uh, myself at Kane Pittman uh, at Locked on Bucks or hit us up Locked on Bucks at gmail.com. Uh, Justin, uh, always appreciate your time, especially this late after a day like today. I mean, anytime. Who can go to bed with, with this news that's hanging out there? Who can sleep now? That's a good point. No one's sleeping anyway. It doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna to be restless for the next few days now, but we will be back tomorrow. Uh, who knows? Who knows what we could possibly be talking about? I don't even want to try and predict it anymore, but for Justin and myself, Kane Pittman, we will leave it there. Uh, stay safe. Uh, please try and relax, Bucks fans, but uh, we will be back tomorrow. We'll speak to you guys then. 